<laughs> right. Uh, so we're going to look at Ruth. We're going to look at the story of Ruth, and it leads to, uh, obviously, the king. And uh, we'll look at that together this morning. Now, first of all, have you ever wondered what it was like to be a faithful Christian in another time and place in history? Have you ever wondered that? Like, you know, a lot of our how we learn church history is centered around uh, doctrinal um, conflicts and disagreements and controversies, but what it would be like to be just the average faithful Christian in the midst of all that, what did that look like? Like, we take a lot of things for granted even just today. Like, a good Christian has a Bible app on their iPhone, you know. Um, obviously, that wasn't something before. Um, we're pretty, it's pretty recent that every Christian can have a Bible in most places in the world. Uh, we're actually pretty close, uh, even just being literate, being able to read and write, like these kind of things we just kind of take for granted. Like when you have the opportunity, when you read your Bible, like you are in the, the, the minority of Christians throughout the ages, that you get to do that, that I get to do that. I take it for granted. I just do. It's just what I know. Um, and then you think of the Old Testament, right? So you think of like before Jesus, what was it like to be a faithful person? to be a believer. And the story of Ruth actually gives us a nice little glimpse into that. Works as a great prequel to what we just saw in that, in that video. And it works as a nice bridge from the period of Judges into the periods of the Kings. And the Bible does that with this really simple short book, four chapters, and uh, something that you can read on your own after this if you'd like. But it gives us that glimpse into three people well, more than that, but three main ones. What did it look like for them to be faithful members of God's community? What did it look like? And what drove them? I often think of this uh, when it comes to looking at uh, Christian revivals over the period of, of time. And if you take just even just, I, I'm not a, a revivalist, I'm not a revivalist expert, but from what I've heard and read and seen, a lot of times, there's certain different theologies that come along, theological beliefs that come along with different revivals. Like if you just take someone like Charles Finney and someone like Jonathan Edwards, there's some major differences in how they understood God and how it all worked. But what was the common denominator? What drove them? Like why did God work through them in such amazing ways? And I think we're going to see that all the way back as we look back through the faithful generations and we go all the way back to Ruth and her mom, Naomi, and uh, spoiler alert, her husband-to-be, Boaz. All right? Let's, let's pray. God, thank you uh, that we have just such a wonderful glimpse into what it looks like to be faithful at a different time and place. But Lord, help us to, to identify where we are at in similarities with this so that we can live today trusting you and being devoted to you, and living a life of loyal love. So God, open each of our eyes that we could be able to see which character in this book maybe we can relate the most with. Maybe it's all three. But help us to uh, receive your wisdom into our lives, to have some of the worthless stuff that's in our heart and minds burned away, 
so we can see uh, your light for our path and the real things that each of us face today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, do you want a spoiler alert to the end of the sermon, what it's going to be? Okay, sure. I'll, I'll give it to you. Here's the deal. Here's, here's the thing I want you to walk away with to remember. Here we go. Loyal love leads the way. Loyal love leads the way. Can everybody say that with me? Loyal love leads the way. You sound beautiful through, even through your masks. Loyal love leads the way through any tragedy or catastrophe. Raise your hand if you've ever encountered a tragedy or catastrophe in your life. Just raise it up. Not very many of you? Okay, there's some. Some of you are very fortunate out there, and that's awesome. Enjoy your fortunateness. Loyal love leads the way. Listen to this. At any crossroads we encounter. Loyal love leads the way when we're at a point in life that we can go one direction or the other. All right? Loyal love leads the way in times of new opportunities. In times where even when things are going well and we're prosperous, that loyal love leads the way in how to be faithful to God in the midst of having plenty and doing really well. And that, that basically includes, I would say, almost if not all of us in this room, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the world and the rest of history. And the final one, loyal love leads the way, all the way to the King, to the Messiah. And the labor that you do for Him is not in vain. All right? So let's open your Bibles to Ruth. And Ruth is a small, small little book, and it's just after the book of Judges, and it's just before the Samuels and the Kings and the Chronicles and those kind of things in your Old Testament. And if you have a Bible app, just open that up on your phone or your tablet, and nobody will judge you thinking that you're checking Facebook or your, your Twitter follower count. All right? So let's go here. Ruth chapter 1. And starting at verse 1, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So that's where we start, in the days the judges ruled. This is our glimpse into what it was like to be um, a part of the people of God, a part of Israel, faithful believers in the time of the judges, when the judges ruled. And I have not listened to all the sermons that we've done through that series, so if I contradict anybody, they're probably right and I'm wrong. And if I repeat something, apologies, bear with me. But obviously, uh, some of the words you could use to describe the period of the judges, there was no king, they did what was right in their own eyes, it was total chaos. Anything else you want to throw in there? But, uh, but I, well, you could throw God in there. He was at work through it all. Wonderful. And this is where we're going to see God at work through everyday people's lives as well. So this story starts with um, a lady named Naomi, and she has a husband, and she has two sons. They have two sons, and the two sons each marry a Moabite woman because they had traveled to sojourn, to live temporarily in Moab because of a past famine in the days of, in, the, in, in Israel. And here's where we get into our first Maybe where we can connect here a little bit in this story. 
What happens to Naomi? Think about it. You're married. You've left a place of trouble. You have a couple of kids. They marry awesome women. Imagine the Thanksgiving dinners. You know, great time. Then what happens is that number of six, six in that family unit, gets reduced to three because each of the men pass away. We don't know how they passed away or why they passed away, but they died. So think of yourself as Naomi now. You've lost your husband. You've lost your two sons. And now what you have left are two daughters-in-law that are not a part of Israel in that sense. They are Moabites. They are Gentiles, even greatly looked down upon by Israel. How do you respond to that? How do you respond to losing everything? And here's my first point of application. You ready? Remember that love leads, loyal love leads the way through any tragedy or catastrophe? Here's how we do it. Prepare to be a Naomi. All of us. All of us. Just prepare to be a Naomi. So for you, maybe there's ways in your life that you're already a Naomi. You've already lost a lot. Okay, well, I hope that this message would be some encouragement in your situation. But many of us maybe haven't faced that. But you know what? We will all lose everything that we've gained in this life. Now, obviously, there's, there's this thing called treasure in heaven. There's this thing that goes beyond this present age and into the next, and that's a story for another time. But I'm talking being prepared to lose everything. And Jesus taught his disciples this. He said, if you just try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to gain it. You're going to find it. And I think this one wise step so that we can respond, what we'll see how Naomi responds, is that we prepare to be like her. We prepare to lose it all. Because one day, if we're fortunate enough to live that long of a life, we will. So that's kind of a somber, sober first point. But it's true. And it's one that I would want to tell everybody that I love. Be prepared to lose it all. Now, don't do stupid things to lose things. Take all the accountability you can and how you can make things better. But what we're going to see is that a part of being the people of God and being faithful to him in any generation, any time and place, is that we understand that we will, we will lose it all. We will. Let's keep reading. So that, uh, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 5, so that woman was left without her two sons, without her husband. And then she heard that uh, the Lord was visiting his people back in Israel. They're in Moab right now, but back in Israel, you know, there's fruitfulness and their harvest and all that. So they, Naomi thinks, well, we should go back. We should go back where there is plenty. And let's read in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 8. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, 
in the house of her husband. So what is Naomi saying to her two Moabite daughter-in-law? She's saying, I'm going to go to Israel, back to my home. You know what? I'm kind of foreseeing it's going to be difficult for you two as Moabite women with no Israelite husbands to come with me. It's going to be a tough road. So you go back to your land. You go back to your families. You go back, and I pray that you would find rest there. What is rest? Rest in the Bible, one of the ways to think about it is like a home, a place where you belong, a place that you can get on with, with normal life, where things are as they ought to be. And, uh, but here's something I want to draw out of this. Listen to, Ruth, uh, to Naomi's words. Go return each of you to her mother's house. Now, here's, here's the kicker. May the Lord deal kindly with you. Wow. Be a Naomi. Naomi is like losing it all. She's lost it all. And now she's even willing to let go what she still has for their sakes. And this is what happens is, is that when we begin to lose in life, something called resentment builds up. And the worst position we can ever be in life is when we want harm to come to other people. But here Naomi is wishing that the Lord would deal kindly with them, even if they leave her, especially if they leave her. Like, go, it's going to be better for you in that direction. Okay, I'm not always a linear thinker, all right? Not always. Can you do a lateral move with me? Can you make a move right now? We're coming out of that train of thought, now we're going into a sidebar. Is everybody with me? Are you coming with me? You can wait over here. I don't mind. But come with me. That word kindly is a Hebrew word that we need to know. Now, I'm not a language expert, so I'm going to be reading some things from experts. But this word, kindly, is really difficult to translate from Hebrew because it has two or three meanings worked right within it. But it is a word that's used often in the Old Testament and actually describes what drives people of God, drives all of us throughout any generation to be faithful to Him and to live it out. It's what is the very nature of God, that no matter how we respond, He's constantly committed to making things right and calling us back. That Hebrew word, is I'm just going to say it like kind of the English way because I don't want to get into things like that and be disrespectful because I don't know how to speak like that. But anyway, here we go. The word is hesed, H-E-S-E-D. Or if you put the K in front of it, it's like hesed. But I didn't want to do that because I don't know how to do that. But anyway, H-E-S-E-D, hesed. And that word is best translated loyal love. Because two of the meanings that that word has, has the idea of faithfulness, but also of love. You feelers out there, if you have a feeler personality, oh, you love the love part. Oh, love, 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 love. That's, God loves me, I love him. Woo! And then you doers out there, you drivers, you know what you like? You like faithfulness. We just need to be faithfulness and conviction and ah, And you love that. But guess what? This is a word that brings all of us together fully within the image of God. Isn't that awesome? Loyal love. Remember that. And loyal love leads the way through everything and anything all the way to the Messiah, from the here and now to the forever.
Don't forget this word. Here's some, some official stuff. You ready for this? This word is used in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 to 7. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. I feel like a lot of songs coming in when I read this stuff, you know. It's from the Bible. We've got so many awesome songs. Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with loyal love and faithfulness. Loyal love a lot of times is paired with faithfulness because the faithfulness like underlines like it's commitment. It's not just it's loyal love. Here's another one. 245 times in the Hebrew Bible. 127 times in the Psalms. Here's a one you might be familiar with in the Psalms. You ready for this one? I got another song coming, but I can't sing, so I'm not going to do it. My kids are here and they'll be really embarrassed. But here we go. How about all those psalms that has that line that his love endures forever? You know that? His love endures forever. You know? Um, that has, or his mercy endures forever. You know that? That those kind of psalms, those passages? Mercy, love, that's his said. That's loyal love. That God's loyal love towards his people towards all of creation, endures forever. Did you see that? Reread all those psalms. I don't have a list for you, but you have a concordance. All right. Hesed is a character trait that motivates generosity, forgiveness, protection, and loyalty. And one more. Don't worry. Don't panic, Chris. Chris, you know you have this path, you have this quote right in front of you. Yes, I do. Has said assumes a pre-existing relationship and it refers to actions that demonstrate loyalty to that relationship to preserve, protect and make it flourish. It does not refer to any one specific type of action. Rather, it describes a posture in the relationship that can be expressed through many different acts. And this is what we see in, in Ruth, is that the different people in different ways expressing this kind of loyal love to God and to one another. All right? So let's keep rolling. So prepare to be a Naomi. Realize that there's a good chance you're going to lose it all and continue in loyal love to God and to one another. Do not let resentment poison you and destroy you when you bear life's sufferings. So what happens? Ruth says in chapter 1, verse 16, the other daughter chooses to go. Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where I will go, sorry, for where you will go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more. Also, if anything puts death but death parts me from you. 
So what is Naomi doing? She's saying, I'm sticking with you. The word that's used in an earlier verse is that Naomi, uh, Orpah left, Naomi clung to, Ruth clung to Naomi, and she went with her. And notice the, the loyalty is that she says, Naomi, I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to be loyal to your God. I'm going to be loyal to your people till death. That's loyal love. And that is uh, Ruth, the Moabite, is now going into Israel to be a faithful part of that people. So here's another point. Loyal love leads the way at any crossroads we encounter. So Naomi has a choice, sorry, Ruth has a choice. I'm going to be mixing up these names for the next 10 minutes that I have. But the, Ruth has a choice to go one way or the other. She can go back to her homeland, to her former family, or she can move on in loyal love to Naomi and the God of Israel. Recognize if you are a Ruth. Recognize when you are a Ruth. Got that one? Recognize when you are a Ruth. And that means this. You, set, you face, encounter some sort of setback in your life. In my, I need to brag right here. I'm ready to brag. In my 20 plus years of vocational Christian ministry, <coughs> I've encountered many things. Here's a real serious thing I've encountered. I visited someone at a hospital. This is back in Canada, um, a young person who had attempted suicide. I was, visited them in the hospital, and they were like 18, 19 years old, and they were taking their life because they thought that they had nothing to live for and they'd already screwed up too much. And like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you're so young. I like to think of myself as young. I'm 45 years old and I'm pretty young. Even if I screw up, there's time. 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you've screwed up, there's time. How much more so when you're 18, 19 or younger? Recognize when you're a Ruth. Recognize when there's crossroads and don't just be like, oh, who cares? I'm giving up. No, you got to choose the right path. Here's what's so interesting about this loyal love concept is that it is like the driver of our relationship with God. It is. It's the driver behind it. And it's so interesting how it's all about action. It's a state of our heart and a posture and a relationship, but it drives us to do certain things. Look at what all these people are doing. No, you go there. No, don't come with me. No, I'll come with you. No, you. I mean, they're coming up with these ideas. And it keeps going. All right. Chapter, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband, a worthy man. His name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean from among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So here's where we enter into a little a bit of Israelite culture where when a woman lost her husband, when someone was a widow, is that there was a family redeemer or a kinsman redeemer. And that was a member of the family that would, in the name of protection, provision, and continuing on the line, 
to provide an heir for that widow's passed away husband that there would be a new marriage made. And Boaz is apparently in line for something like that. So Ruth gets really creative along with Naomi and Ruth begins to work in Boaz's fields. And Boaz hears about her, what? Loyal love. He hears about all the women in town are talking about Naomi returning and how things have gone really bad for her and how the Lord has dealt with her bitterly and Naomi's not sure what to make of it. But there's also this young lady, Ruth, that's being very faithful in the midst of all this. And Boaz is like, who is this? And he finds out her situation. And he continues to show favor with her as she works. And she continues to show herself to be a woman of, of loyal love. There's mention of how she works really hard and takes only a short break. <laughs> Maybe that was just day one to impress. It's like showing up for your job at the mill, but not bringing a lunch kit, but bringing your work boots with you, okay? Maybe it's like that. Anyway, and the word that's used to describe uh, Ruth's quality is the same word that's used in Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman. But that's what Boaz recognized in her. Now, Boaz, remember how loyal love works? Like, loyal love leads the way? Did you forget that? Loyal love leads the way, and it actually leads you into actions. So, Naomi and Ruth are always talking like, okay, what's our next step? What's our next step going to be to find you a redeemer in this land, to find you a way and a home? And uh, the mother-in-law says this in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 2. Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. <laughs> Special night, winnowing the... Anyway. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put a cloak, put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. So what's uh, Naomi saying? Loyal love is acting, being creative. What's... Okay. Um, he's down there, we got the perfect situation, threshing floor, he's down there, you know, all that stuff. Okay, you know what? Take off that widow gear, lose that, you know, freshen up, put on your cloak, do your, your anyway, okay? And then you're going to go, and you're going to go visit him down there. And she says this, um, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. This is masterpiece theater stuff, okay? We're just entering into this. Just hold on to your hats. Indeed. All right. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. Uncover his feet does not mean uncover his feet. It's a euphemism. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, but it's a sign. Ruth goes there, and she's saying to Boaz, now everyone's looking in their Bibles, what is this? What is this? What is this magic? Anyway, so within basically what Ruth is doing, she's doing an action to say to Boaz, why don't you propose to me? <laughs> I'm open for you proposing to me. I want to be your wife. Now, Boaz, now nothing. Okay, 
the masterpiece theater stuff. Okay, so nothing inappropriate happens here, okay? And we see by Boaz's response, and he responds just basically saying this. He's like, um, well, let's read it. Let's read all about it. He says this, May you be, this is a Ruth chapter 3, verse 10. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. Okay, follow with me. See that verse? May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness. Do you see the word kindness? Where is it? There it is, the word kindness. What word do you think that is? It's said. Laura is on this. She's tracking. Do as she does. Anyway, it's said. your act of what? Loyal love. And what's that act of loyal love? Ruth could have gone after someone else in Moab. <laughs> she could have gone after someone else in Israel but she chose a relative to be the redeemer, to go according to the Torah, the law of Moses, the law of Israel. And now she's gone to him and saying that, I want to fulfill the law. Do this the right way. So Boaz's response is what? Well, let's do this thing. No, that's not his response. His response is this. This is wonderful, but there may be another relative that's closer, first, more first in line than I am to be the, the family redeemer here. And we have to first go and find out what he wants to do. Now what do we see? Boaz's loyal love to his God, to Ruth, to his family, to the nation of Israel and God's purposes. See how all this is working out? It's pretty cool. And this is like a masterpiece theater again, right? Because it's like, oh my goodness, I thought they were going to end up together. And now there's someone else. Why, Lord, why? This is just, it's just wonderful. How God, it's just, just another little thing that God's like, I'm working behind the scenes, but I'm kind of trolling you too. <laughs> Because I just want to see how much you do trust me and how strong your loyal love is. All right. How does it all end? Well, it ends in an exchange of sandals. I don't know if they were Birkenstocks. But basically, Boaz goes to the city gates the very next day because he's got no time to waste. And he talks to the elders and he brings that family relative forward and says, Hey, here's a situation. You get this piece of land back. You want this land? The guy's like, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be the family. I'll do it. And he's like, oh, yeah, and also a part of this transaction is that you would marry Naomi's daughter-in-law, Ruth, the Moabitess. Well, would you look at the time? Um, and the response is this. Uh, that would compromise uh, other things I got going on right now. Got a little too much going on. Um, how about you do it? And Boaz is like, okay. And then Boaz and Ruth get married. And then they have a child. And then it all makes sense to Naomi that she left having lost it all, but now she's gained something in return. So here's the deal. The things that we lose in life, sometimes they're just replaced by other things, and we don't know what the heck those things are. 
But that's where loyal love comes in. Loyal love leads the way through all this. And then it ends with the segue into the period of the kings that it ends with this. All the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, speaking of Ruth and Boaz's son, saying, a son has been born to Naomi. You know, they're giving her credit, too, as, as the grandmother. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. You got it. And Jesus is son of God, son of David, right? And so this is the final point, is that uh, loyal love leads the way, all the way to the king, to the Messiah. And whatever we do for him is not done in vain. And what's it like to be a Christian in any generation? Is that we follow our Lord with loyal love. And even though our loyal love can fade and just be like a mist, his loyal love endures forever. Isn't that good news? Is that not good news? I just love this stuff. I love the Lord and the Bible and just existence. I love existing more and more every time I'm into the scriptures and I see these things. There's nothing better. There absolutely is nothing better. I'd like to invite the worship team up on that note. And um, if, um, you know, there's things that you can uh, relate to in this message, whether you are a Naomi and you've, you've experienced great loss, whether you're a Ruth and you're in a position where it's like you've got to make a decision how you're going to move forward, and it's one of loyal love or it's one of just something else, or if you're someone like Boaz, that everything's going well for you, but because of your prosperity, you're able to bless somebody else and not just keep it all for yourself. Uh, we are going to have some people that can pray with you here on the sides during our final worship song and into the ending of our service. So if you'd like prayer, come on up, and, and um, there will be people here that can pray with you and for you. Amen.